Hello, hello, and welcome to Fearless Fridays with Marianne. I am your host, Marianne Rivera Donette, known as the Fearless Living Coach and Career Reset Strategist. This podcast is for the woman needing inspiration, motivation, and empowerment as she steps into her purpose and power. Each week, through our special guest, our hope is that you will walk away ready to recommit to loving yourself a little bit more and step into your own truth. Our speakers, like the everyday woman, has experienced some type of hardship and have overcome adversity. Our speakers will speak directly to you and give you tips on how to step into your fabulousness as you create the life you were born to live, a life where you are free and happy. Are you ready? Look at you in your glasses. And we are live. I know. I need them for reading. <laughs> and they make me look smart. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Today's uh, special guest is Nicole Corley. Um, so we are just going to get right into it. Uh, Nicole, why don't you start by letting us know who you are and what you are currently doing? Yes, well, as you said, my name is Nicole Corley. I am currently a self-contained special education teacher in the DMV area. Um, I've been in education for five, almost six years now, and primarily has been in special education. Awesome, awesome. Um, so when I first met you, you were not a teacher. Um, so how did you get to where you are today? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, honestly, uh, you know, I, I had a plan. Um, and as life happens, our plans don't necessarily work out. You know, we have an idea of where we want to go and what those things look like. And life throws curveballs at you. So when we met, it was in the... Um, bachelors of science and organizational management at the time i was an admin assistant at one of the level one trauma centers in rochester and um during that time i was promoted to operations manager for a support department um in the operating room um so i went from supporting staff to actually managing that staff i had a staff of about um, 75 employees. I had four supervisors who reported to me, and I was responsible for 24-7 operations and infection control within the operating room. Um, I had every intention on obtaining either an MBA or a Master of Strategic Leadership and decided that I no longer wanted to dedicate so much time to a job outside of the home. I was working probably 60 hours on site and I was on call 24 seven and I, I didn't want that for myself anymore. And um, I decided to go into education. I figured, Hey, I had not hadn't broken my own children. Um, but I had also had experiences with my employees where um, it was really difficult to get people to intrinsically want to work at a higher level. And so things that one would think were kind of automatic or the next level in the process, it was really hard to essentially rally your troop and get buy-in for that. Mm -hmm. And so 
um, as I kind of hit that wall personally within my profession, you know, deciding that I really want to do something different, I also thought about ways I could make an impact. Um, you know, once someone's an adult, it's too late at that point in time, yeah. unless there's something that happens within them that is that impetus for change. Um, and so I, I really thought about ways I could work with um, kids to expose them to different opportunities, um, you know, really giving them kind of a wide world view that wasn't necessarily present in education. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's really how I fell into it. It was, I was really unfulfilled in my current position. And I was thinking, you know, how can I kind of turn the tide? How can I affect some sort of change in this entry-level workforce that I'm seeing right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have been accepted to both an MBA program and to the MSL program and decided I didn't want to do that. And so within like a week and a half, I had applied and was accepted to the Master of Education program at Roberts. Nice. Big transition there. (laughs) (laughs) So when you hear the words transformative freedom, what does that mean to you? Oh, gosh. So, you know, freedom, we think about the ability to do anything. Um, You know, you have the openness, you know, giving whatever your talents are, um, whatever your abilities are, that you have the freedom to pursue any of those things. And when we think about anything that's transformative, we're really thinking about things that are changing. So whether that's a personal transformation, it's, you know, professional, whether you're doing something in a community arena, but we're really looking, for me, I'm looking at that as the freedom to exact change wherever you are at, you know, different levels and within your personal life, within your professional life, um, you know, just really having the ability to make changes where necessary. Yeah. So can you tell us about what has been one of the biggest obstacles you faced and what did that process look like? Oh my gosh, myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I, I, I laugh, but I say that in all seriousness, I think we all come with a construct of what life should look like. Mm -hmm. And many times when it doesn't fit that construct, um, it really throws us off kilter. And so what I found for myself was that things weren't fitting this, this ideal that I had created for what my life should look like, for what I should look like as an individual. And what I failed to realize is that the beautiful thing about life is that it's fluid, it's flexible. You know, we have the ability to change and to be anything and anyone that we want to be, you know, at any given point in time. And I, I was very rigid in so many things and definitely in what I saw for myself, I did not leave um, room for the thought that things may be different. You know, I I really didn't have a backup plan. It was, this is what it is. This is how it's going to look. And when it didn't work out that way, it was jarring. Um, Mm -hmm. it, It was a very jarring situation and it was a, a long process to really, you know, after spinning my wheels for so many, for so much, for so long, really coming to the realization that, you know what, it's time to kind of blow this thing up again and just start all over, you know, really evaluate 
my situation, the things that I wanted for myself and what those things look like. Um, and so, you know, really just coming out of this construct that I created for myself based on, you know, many different things, family, you know, family influences, societal influences, um, you know, what I what I interpreted as womanhood, as a professional, um, all of those things really played into this ideal that I created, created for myself. And I really got to a point where it was a hindrance for me. It wasn't allowing me to grow because I was stuck in this, <clears throat> this one uh, frame of mind. So. You mentioned backup plan. Do you think that if we have a backup plan, it's harder or, or easier to commit to something? Because if things don't go the way we, we plan and hope for, we know in the back of our minds that we have that backup plan that we can fall, you know, fall mm -hmm. on. What are your yeah, thoughts on that? Backup plans are, they're good. Um, but again, you know, you can, if, for someone like me who's an A-type personality, you know, if it's like, okay, plan A doesn't work, let me go to plan B. Now that's kind of falling apart. Um, when I say backup plan at this point for me now, that means being flexible, taking the time to intentionally reevaluate my situation, whatever that may be, reevaluating what my goals are, you know, where is it that I want to be? What do these things look like? And how do I get to those things? And being okay with thinking outside of the box, you know, kind of have this, you know, have a couple of paths that you may want to follow, but there are some other opportunities that are available to us that can get us to that same end point that sometimes we're not open to. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, too, that sometimes we we have a thought of what we want to do and what we want to accomplish. But then, you know, the expectations of society and women and being a wife and then we have the input of other people. Can you speak a little bit more into that and how that sometimes causes women particularly to become stuck and unfulfilled? Hmm. Yeah. Um we all have ideals of what people and things should look like. You know, we have an ideal mother, an ideal father, you know, these ideal relationships and those types of things. And sometimes we find ourselves outside of those ideals. Sometimes we find ourselves in those ideals and we're trying to maintain them. Um, but I think we have to be realistic with ourselves. Everyone's journey is different. Yes. You know, the way that I reach my end point is not going to be the way that you reach your end point. And I think when we start to idolize individuals or ideas of individuals, concepts of individuals, we find ourselves in these holding patterns that don't allow us to live authentically. Mm. And you know, we're spinning our wheels trying to do things that aren't necessarily meant for us. Um, and we become rigid. We become stuck. And so that's where we start to experience some of that resentment. We start to experience um, the, that sense of being unfulfilled because we aren't doing those things that we should be doing in the way that we should be doing them. Um, there are some paths that are laid out for us, um, but there are times where we have to chart our own journeys. We have to chart our own paths. And I think that as women, we have to be more open to 
charting our own paths. You know, many times we want to follow what your mom did or what your aunt did or what your right. friend did um, and really be okay saying, you know what, this is what it looks like for me and I'm good with that. And really giving yourself to that process in your own way, in your own time. So what what have what has been some of your like techniques and things that you've done? Um, you know, some of the people that I've spoken to have done, you know, journaling and affirmations, meditation and things like that. What have been some of the things that have helped you become enjoy basically transformative freedom? <laughs> so I'm a planner. <laughs> And as crazy as it sounds, I have to plan to be spontaneous. Um, <laughs> you know, I have to, for me, to be spontaneous is not in my nature. So it's something that I have to remind myself that, hey, it's okay to kind of just go with the flow and not have a plan for the day. Um, so in the beginning, I had to plan to say, I don't have a plan today. Let me kind of just go with it and, you know, and see what's, what's going to happen. Um, for me, I needed to do, you know, I know some people like to write, some people like to meditate. And if I get into my head too much, it's not a good thing for me. And so it's like, okay, we have to get out there and do it. Let's just go ahead and do it today. I don't have a plan. I'm going to get in the car and I'll see, you know, where I end up. And something as simple as that started to change those habits. You know, it got to a point where every day does not need to be planned out. Every trip does not need to have a itinerary complete with times and durations and those types of things. And so for me, it was being really intentional to do things unintentionally and understanding that that's okay, which allowed me to really give myself to the experience. So I would find myself being much more present in whatever it was that I was doing, while at the same time, confronting some of those kind of fears and personal apprehensions that I had, not because of anyone else, but right. because these were things that I had told myself, oh, no, that's not okay. And uh, a friend of mine, you know, he would ask me, who told you that? And I'm like, it, it just is, you know, yeah. but I started asking myself, who told you that, you know, mm -hmm. where have these things come from? And if I didn't have anything concrete to tie those things back to, it's like, this is something that is not necessary. This is an unnecessary constraint that I'm placing on myself. Let me go ahead and do what I want to do when I want to do it without all of this other planning and all, you know, all of this other stuff that goes into it that really takes away from what the experience should have been. Yeah. That speaks to also, sometimes we keep hearing messages, you know, growing up and things like that. And, you know, again, to society and other people's expectations and things like that, that we start to form some type of identity and subconsciously we think on the surface, oh, that would never happen to me. That would never happen to me. But subconsciously we're recording those messages. And then all of a sudden we're like, well, where did that come from? <laughs> Exactly. Can you relate to that? <laughs> exactly. But you know that, again, that goes back to being reflective, um, truly reflective, you know, and really challenging yourself to address those things that don't feel good and don't feel comfortable and sorting those things out. Some people are able to do them, do that on their own. And some mm -hmm. people need the help of, you know, counselors and therapists, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Um 
that was actually an avenue that I explored at a point in time. And I found that it wasn't something that worked for me. But I was open to doing that because I found myself at a point where I really wanted to do the work of making sure that I was living true to myself to make sure that I was doing the things that Nicole wanted to do. Because honestly, when I looked at it, I said, I don't know where this stuff has come from. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> side of my living. Um, but that caused me to have to have a lot of difficult conversations with myself initially. Um, and then having to have difficult conversations with in individuals um, in my circle. And that's something that I'm still doing to this day. But those are things that need to be addressed. And those are things that are okay. It's okay for me to say, mm, I don't like the way that this is making me feel. I don't like the message that this is, that, that this has resonating within me right now and confronting that, whether that's with yourself or whether that's with another person. And I think that many times that's where we as women really get hung up, where we're not confronting those things that don't make us feel good. Mm -hmm. um, and being okay with saying, you know what, that's not okay. And, and really being okay with changing those relationships, you know, changing those dynamics. It doesn't mean that the relationship goes away, but you take back some of that power and you say, you know what, this is what I need in this time. And either you can give it to me or you can't. And re-evaluating, re adjusting those relationships so that as an individual, you're in a good place. Yeah, and that's very important too, because sometimes when women, we've been taught that, you know, you can't speak up, you've got to just pretty much be like a doormat and it's very unhealthy. And the moment that you become assertive, people see you as being aggressive, being a know-it-all stuck up in all these sorts of things. So it's very important, you know, what you said to be able to speak to what's not making us uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Trusting that gut feeling that we often yeah, get. Definitely. So what one, what one piece of advice would you give to our listeners, um, particularly women who might be um, ready to step into their own truth? Mm, what piece of advice? Oh, I don't know. Um, the journey is different for everyone. You know, it, it, we all have different needs and the way that we get to those um, mm -hmm. needs, the way that we address those needs is different, you know, and really being open and receptive to that. Um, you know, as girlfriends, we always have conversations and, uh, you know, you say, girl, you know, I can never do that. I, I, you know, I'm not strong enough for that or whatever the case may be, but understand that our evolution, our changing, our betterment doesn't look like what our girlfriend's paths look like. Really what we should be getting from those conversations is that, hey, this is possible. So now let's talk about what we, what you need and how I can support you in those things. So I guess my, you know, to sum it all up, it would really be to understand that this is an individual process. And this is probably the most important time you want to not compare yourself to someone else, whether it's a trusted friend, you know, a family member, those kinds of things, but being open to what it looks like for you as an individual. Yeah. Awesome. So now that 2021 is upon us, what are you most excited about? What's one thing that you cannot wait for in 2021? You know what? I don't think it's just one thing. Um, 
I know 2020 has been a very different year and it's, it was very difficult for a lot of people. Um, for me, 2020 was a great year in spite of <laughs> yeah. all of the craziness going on um, in the world. I saw a lot of really positive changes take place um, for me personally and professionally. And so my hope for 2021 is to really just to continue to build on enjoying me and being able to enjoy those around me and my circle who are supporting me, you know, who are there with me and really being able to be present for whatever it is. Um, you know, I lived, like I said, I was working 60 hours a week. So I've lived where I was constantly tied to a job, you know, or to something, but I really want to continue to take back my time and to really readjust that balance so that the majority of the time I'm doing those things that are enjoyable and comfort comforting to me. And, you know, work is work. We have to work. Very few of us are independently wealthy, um, but not have that be the driving force in my life. Really have my own happiness and comfort continue to be what is first and foremost in my life. And that be what, you know, I'm really putting stock into as the year goes on. Awesome. So now that we are getting ready to close down, um, one of the questions that I always like to ask my guests is, when you hear fearless living, what does that mean to you? You know what? It's taking those calculated risks. You know, everybody has a, has a different level of risk, but being open and willing to stepping out and doing those things that are going to push you to be better, those things that are going to push you to grow, those things that are going to push you to have a wider view. Um, you know, fear so often stops us from doing things that we really want to do. Um, and we really have to ask ourselves, you know, is this worth it? Is this something that is going to add to my life? And we need to be willing to be fearless in pursuing those things that are adding to our lives. Um, because so often we've been paralyzed by those fears and we really miss some great opportunities because it's, it's more comfortable to stay with, with what you know, and you know, what you're familiar with, as opposed to stepping out and doing things differently. So living that fearless life is saying, you know what, I think that this is going to be worth it. And if it isn't, I still get something out of it because I stepped out, I tried it, you know, sometimes things work out, sometimes they don't. Um, but yeah, that living fearlessly is just being willing to try. Awesome. I love it. All right. So thank you very much for your time. Um, thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Thank you and have a good night. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that podcast was beneficial to you. Be sure to click on the subscribe button, leave us a comment and share. We look forward to connecting with you at our website, MarianneRiveraDannert.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at the Fearless Living Coach page. Remember that you are fearless and fabulous. You are a priority and you matter. Until next time. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. 
With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.